There's uh, some seats up here if anybody's looking. A couple seats back here. Uh, one of the spiritual disciplines that I've had in my life, uh, when we moved back to Nashville from Dallas about 12 and a half years ago, I kind of lucked into a group of guys that have met in the high-rise lobby at Lipscomb every Friday morning for an hour. And we've gone through uh, a chapter of a book every week. So I'm not great at math, but 52, well, we've taken some, some time off around Christmas, but let's average 50 weeks a year times 12 um, is around you know 550 chapters of a book that we've probably gone through the last 12 years. We're reading right now through Invitation to a Journey by uh, Dr. Robert Mulholland. I don't know if anybody's read this. I've only gotten into it at chapter one. It's a great book though so far. It's about spiritual disciplines and discipleship. And one of the prayers, he'll pray like a little prayer before each chapter. And this one hit me hard this week. I thought I'd share with you before we get into our lesson. It says, gracious and loving God, you know the deep inner patterns of my life that keep me from being totally yours. You know the misinformed structures of my being that hold me in bondage to something less than your high purpose for my life. You also know my reluctance to let you have uh, your way with me in these areas. Hear the deeper cry of my heart for wholeness and by your grace enable me to be open to your transforming presence in this reading. Lord, have mercy. You know, the part that stood out to me on that was, you know the misinformed structures of my being that hold me in bondage to something less than your high purpose for my life. We probably all have those in, my, in, in our lives, and I think it would be a good challenge us, for us all this week to think about what those might be and how we draw, draw closer uh, to God. Okay, I will remind you this is a discussion class, so please discuss today as I throw out questions. Um, I, I'm hopeful that if you don't discuss, my fellow elders will, and not leave me out here hanging to dry. <laughs> uh, last week we had a great discussion. So I thought what we'd do real quickly is review. So if you were here week one, you'll remember that we talked about belonging to the family and what, uh, what that might have meant. Um, actually, hold, hold on. We were, the whole series is belonging to the family. We talked about gathering, then we talked about generosity, then we talked about growing. We talked about gathering in week one, practical steps, these were the takeaways that I had from the class that I put together that no one attended, okay? <laughs> so, commit to being present and being known. I don't know what Chad, Chad taught you in here, but this is what we were supposed to see. Commit to being present and being known. Commit to building relationships in class, having fellowship with one another, right? And commit to opening up life to others in a life group, Okay? Those were the takeaways from week one. Last week, generosity. Plan how much you will give away. Be more planning in terms of how we're structured our generosity. Budget your resources that you can set aside your gifts. Designate who will receive your gift. And release your assets with great joy. That may be more fresh in your mind than week one. Any thoughts about last week? Any chances to practice that, you know, the generosity aspect this week? Anything you didn't agree with last week? <laughs> you have not been to TJ Maxx. That's kind of a secret uh, little inside joke that we had from that class that was really funny at the time. <laughs> yes. Um, our family was uh, preparing Ziploc bags to, to hand to folks who are in need as we, as we see them along the way. Right. Um, and we included our four-year-old grandson 
and we thought that he would love stuffing with us, but what we loved that he loved was getting the things from his room and saying maybe they have children. Uh. Maybe they don't have toys. Maybe they love the crackers I eat. And so he filled, maybe they don't have a shirt or a jacket. Wow. Look, I have four. And he put stuff in there that I recently bought. <laughs> <laughs> I no! I wanted him to wear, and I could not say a word other than, great job, buddy. You know? Wow. And um, so I learned a lesson of generosity from him. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. When Jesus says we're to come to become like little children, that is a great example. Of course, he didn't have a house payment either. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that awesome? But thank you for sharing that. It's much more a matter of the heart than it is numbers. Yep. So she, if you couldn't hear her, she said it's much more a matter of the heart than it is numbers. I think we absolutely came to that conclusion last week. Anything else? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that I enjoy most, I think, is uh, after I've made a budget and, and made my contributions and that sort of thing, and then give it to some other things that I do along the way, to have something totally unexpected that... I hadn't budgeted for, but to be able to just say, I can do this if I will give up this. And it just gives me really great joy mm. to do that. Mm. That's good. It's sacrificial giving. Thank you. Okay, so I think we've spent enough time on generosity. Let's move to this week, growing. So what do we mean by growing um, in the body? And I'm going to ask someone who wants to read 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 12, if you want to be turning to that. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 12. But let's spend a little time here. What does it mean to be growing? Using your spiritual gifts in ministry and service for the sake of the kingdom of God. That's kind of how we've defined it for today's teaching, okay? Now, what Eric has helped us work through. Using your spiritual gifts in ministry and service for the sake of the kingdom of God. So... The key concept that I want us thinking about today, and we'll discuss some of this, is how does spiritual growth occur when we serve others? I don't know if I've thought about spiritual growth in that way, in terms of serving others. I've thought about it more like in my prayer life, or as I read scripture, or as I've been around my life group, or my Friday morning group, but I don't know that I've ever defined spiritual growth, or thought about spiritual growth, not really defined spiritual growth, but thought of spiritual growth, occurring when I serve others. So who would like to read 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 12? And I'll keep up with you when you, when you read it on the screen. Any volunteers? I'll read it. Back there, Becky. There are different kinds of gifts, but they are all given by the same Spirit. There are different ways to serve, but they all come from the same Lord. There are different ways to work, but the same God makes it possible for all of us to have all those different things. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. That is for the good of all. To some people, the Spirit gives the message of wisdom. To others, the same Spirit gives the message of knowledge. To others, the same Spirit gives faith. To others, that one Spirit gives gifts of healing. To others, He gives the power to do miracles. And to others, He gives the ability to prophesy. 
others he gives the ability to tell the spirits apart, and to others he gives the ability to speak in different kinds of languages that they had not known before, and to still others he gives the ability to explain what was said in those languages. All of the gifts are produced by one and the same spirit. He gives them to each person just as he decides. There is one body, but it has many parts. Even though it has many parts, they make up one body. It is the same with Christ. Thank you, Mike. So some things to think about. I want your opinions here. Benefits of serving others in ministry. Offers help and love to those receiving the service. That's a pretty obvious one, I think. When we serve, um, it helps others. Although, when I've served, um, while I might have been, or our family might have been helping others, I was always the one that was more blessed, I think, than what perhaps the person we served was. They, they would teach me lessons that, you know, I could never teach them. We have open hearts and open minds to that. Expands one's view beyond self. Serving with friends deepens spiritual friendships. I think we could all probably agree with that one, too. And it's, expan- and it's expansion of the kingdom of God. I like all four of those. But what else? What else? What other benefits are there? And I'd love to hear personal stories of... Um, Benefiting from serving others in ministry. Yeah. Okay, it's just fun. It's fun. I think I mentioned last week that this wheelchair ramp building ministry in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You take a group of people that have never held a power tool, and at the end of the day, they build somebody a ramp, and that person's going into their house for the first time. I mean, it just, you know, the, the first thing they think of is not that they're tired, it's like, I remember when we were newly married in the early 90s in Louisville, Kentucky, we went to a great church, uh, Westport Road Church of Christ. Some of you may have been there and know people. And there was this great young couples group, um, you know, between the ages of 22 to 25, somewhere in that range. And we uh, did a Habitat for Humanity house. And I have no ability to use a power tool at all. I'm just being confessional. (laughs) Like, I can't fix anything. But I decided I was going to do this Habitat for Humanity house. And one of my good friends, Bart Fleener, some of you may know the Fleener family, um, and he would not mind me telling you this story, he was using a nail gun. I don't think Bart's proficiency with fixing things is much better than mine because I kept, you know, every time he did the nail gun, you hear a whack, then I'd hear a ping. Well, he had the nail gun backwards. (laughs) So the nails were shooting backwards. (laughs) So we... So, so... Exactly, exactly. We should have been doing the more menial things. But you know what? That was a great memory. I still tell it to this day. It really, no one got hurt. No one got an eye put out. Um, but there are things that are fun about serving with others where you get to know each other and you get to understand their gifts. Nadine. Right. It fills us up, and that's because God made us to 
knows what we need. So serving is what we need to be doing. That's good. Thank you. And I think a way that we we actually grow is by doing that. And you know, with the missions thing that we have downstairs, you can you don't have to do something big. There are little tiny things that you can do. And if you just do that, you will grow because you've done that and you realize with God's help, I can do that. Even things that you didn't think you could. That's neat. And then you can do more and more. And that the only way you're gonna grow is actually doing it. If you study about it, you're just gonna have more head knowledge right. and you're still not gonna have really You gotta grow. dig in and do it. Greg? Along those same lines, uh, I think when you serve in ways with your eyes open, it becomes more than something you choose to do. It becomes you. Uh, it's something you don't have to think, should I do this, or maybe I ought to do this. Uh, I, I can give you an example. Uh, a week or so ago, I, I was out uh, with Open Table in Nashville on the streets, rounding up homeless people. And I've always thought that's a good thing, and you know, they, they need that, but to see it literally life and death. Right. It's hard to forget about that. You see what's going on there. So that's something that if I were to do it again, if it gets cold again, it would just be out of a need to do it, not because I choose to do it. Right. It's almost like you can't do it. I right. mean, you can't, right. you can't, can't not, not do, do it. it. Yeah. Once you've been kind of convicted and seen that, it's good. Yes. I remember seeing a, a documentary a couple of years ago after Hurricane Katrina. And uh, there was an individual that uh, a religious group came and helped him fix up his house. And the person who was doing the documentary asked him what he thought about that. And he said, well, I'll tell you one thing. I won't throw them off my torch anymore when they come knock on the door. <laughs> and Christianity is just under attack in mm -hmm. this country. And the more positive things we can show the world that come from being a follower of Christ, uh, the more that's going to open hearts. Yeah, that's good. Good point. Really good point. Yeah, Andy. I think one thing that happens is that scripture that says we're God's workmanship created for good works mm. that he's prepared beforehand. And as we sometimes even stumble into them, we see his fingerprints on it, and we realize we're kind of partnering with, with this God who doesn't want credit for it, but loves to play with us out there doing that. And I, I think it becomes just a great adventure, like in Easter egg hunt where the eggs are hit for you, not for Yeah, yeah. That's good. I hadn't thought about that analogy before. Uh, this one, expands one's view beyond self, is interesting to me. Um, I think, you know, with social media and all the streaming, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime, and you can get a book now, you know, it's easy to stay inside our houses and just not get out. And I find that sometimes for me, I'm, I'm on the Myers-Briggs, I can be either introverted or extroverted. I'm right on the, the zero there. So I can enjoy nights at home and I can enjoy nights out. But for some of us that are more introverted than others, uh, it can almost, I think, just staying at home all the time. Um, I'm not saying it's depressing, but like when we're, I think what, what can get depressing is when we're in our own, like we're just thinking about ourselves all the time. And I've noticed that if we get out or if I get out and serve, that helps my mindset a lot. And I think that's the way the Lord wants it, right? He has made us to serve. And if we can think outside ourselves, then um, we're living in the kingdom. Yeah, Frank.
somebody else for that. Yeah. So everybody's convicted in their own way. Everybody, everybody in here has their own um, spiritual gift. They have their own ability to help. Everybody is important to the, to the goal and to the kingdom. So don't, I think what you're saying is don't diminish yourself if you think, oh, no one would ever use that gift or I, you know, I could never help anybody with that. Don't diminish that. God has, is working a plan through everyone in here's life that is important in kingdom and life-giving. Let's talk about uh, how OC serves others as a community. Um, with a Wayne Reed, the Collins, Dr. Collins, you're here. You can give a Wayne Reed plug if you'd like. <laughs> I, just, um, I just brought my car, my, our second van to load in all the books and toys that a family is sending down there for the Wayne Reed Center and for the families. I frequently have almost more books and things that I can hear. Some people also send me clothes and send my That's awesome. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, there are people who will take things you need to get rid of. You, know, you, you don't use those plates. Right. I'm a, I, I hate to tell you this because it always embarrasses me a little to say it. They don't have plates. Mm. Yeah, it's been an incredible ministry that uh, the Collins have been so engaged in. So maybe the takeaway from that is if you go through your house and you haven't touched it in a year, you're going to call Sandy and we are going to load her van up <laughs> next week with everything we haven't used for a year. <laughs> yeah. For those of us who are new like me, um, and we can't find you, where do we put the things that don't fit in the bin that's obviously Nancy Morris, and she'll contact me, and we'll make a connection. 
also have volunteers who come down and take one child that the teacher cannot deal with right. and read to help with, like they read her, can't be stopped, she comes, and we have Lucian Simpson who calls upon the roof to get weeks taken care of, and he could probably use a younger helper. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody in here younger than Lucian? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. A lot of opportunities to help at the Wayne Reed uh, Christian Child Care Center. Room in the end, always opportunities with that. Rocking babies in the nursery, counseling OC teens at camp. I think, um, I don't know how many of you go to camp. Some of you are probably like me, like, I got to have my sleep. I'm not a camp guy. But for your generation, for this age group, there are tremendous opportunities to help our teens. They need you to speak into their lives. And that may not be at camp, but it certainly is within the Otter Creek Youth Group. We've done relief work after floods. The praise team is a way to serve together. The coffee ministry, be a life group facilitator, leader, teach class, meals on wheels, mission trips. We could go on and on and on about ways to serve. And we're gonna hear more about that next week in the ministry fair that I'll give you a map on. But um, just a lot of opportunities to serve at Otter Creek. So uh, this wasn't in the script, but I was thinking last night, this age group, and I'm, again, not that far off. I'm, I'll be 49 in March. This is the 60-plus. So I'm not that far off, and I know it's going to go fast. What's that? So I say that with all due humbleness. This, we, why don't I just say we, have much to offer, Okay. So your, uh, you know, your experience and your story and your mentoring, so much to offer to Otter Creek. Your knowledge and wisdom, your encouragement, your prayers, your work ethic, your creativity. Let me go back. Those were the six I came up with. There's many more. But I wanted you to hear that. Because I think sometimes, you know, I've been in churches in the 60 plus, they're kind of doing their own things, and they're like, oh, that's the retired group. Well, I don't know that retirement um, from the kingdom is ever a spiritual, it's not option. It's not, it's, not, it's not mentioned in the Bible. Like, Abraham never retired. And Moses never retired until they were, like, really retired. <laughs> like, you have so much to offer this church body. So, and I know many of you have offered yourselves for years now, and maybe you are a little tired and you want to take that break, and that's okay, but I want you to hear this. There is so much that this group has to offer, the youth group and the Patrick's group and our life group, who, who, you know, we're a bunch of 40-somethings that are just a little bit behind you. We would love to have you come in to speak to our, you know, a couple to come in and speak to our life group. Here's what we were doing when we went through the empty, empty nest stage, because that ain't easy. We're getting ready to experience it next year. We'd love practical advice. So I would just encourage you to really think about how you can use your gifts in the kingdom relative to Otter Creek, outside of Otter Creek too, but relative to, to Otter Creek. So growing. A couple questions. How do we grow spiritually from these service experiences? How have you grown spiritually from these service uh, experiences? 
Any thoughts? Yep. Ed? Thank you. It's a good word. If you didn't hear it over here, uh, listen to what people say about your spiritual giftedness. Because that's where we as a body lift each other up and can speak into each other's lives. Yes, Cynthia. Thoughts on this one? What say that again, Ed? What you don't know how God will use what you're doing. Okay. Great, thank you. Every, every other academic endeavor, the teachers in here can speak to this. That we, we have a we have a class and we have a lab. We have instruction mm. and we have internship. And it seems like the church is, is the only place where that's not our lab is not required. But. The ministry I was talking about actually grew out of uh, a bunch of guys on Wednesday nights that wanted to skip class and do stuff. <laughs> the preacher was the first one. I mean, the service is the lab and the internship. And if we're just sitting in class and, and not applying, we're not growing straight. Our, our life is our lab, right? But we have to let our life be open to being a lab. Otherwise, we can be very closed off. I was just thinking, too, that you do grow spiritually because, because it is a lab. You're out there working with other people, and it's not always going to be on your timetable like the driver. You know, you're you're going to experience desperation or impatience yeah. or whatever. So it's going to stretch you spiritually yeah. Yeah, dying to self's a good one. Yeah. There was a church that they had shirts that said, 
the church has left the building. I like that. Yes. I like that. Yeah, Steve. Mm-hmm. And so they were visiting that and uh, the tourists, and there was an elderly gentleman there, a volunteer, and there, there was a machine there, um, and on the screen was the purpose of life. And you push a button, and they would proceed to the slide. And so he pushed the button, and it, uh, one slide came up that said the purpose of this purpose of life is to uh, love God and serve others. And then he pushed the advanced next slide, and it didn't go anywhere. And he pushed it again, and it didn't advance anywhere. <laughs> and so he went to the elderly gentleman, the volunteer, and said, there must be something wrong with the machine. It won't advance. And the, and the gentleman said, no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Love God, serve others. It's not a bad gospel right there. Andy. I think... Um, uncertainty about a whether God's asked us to do that thing and then what will happen when we do it I think growing spiritually is we're okay with that uncertainty mm. we just as I get older I want more certainty just because I'm probably not as, as quick to react anymore to things but um, just that trust in God that uncertainty is fine because it's not risk there's just uncertainty and that's okay that's good well, I, one more thing on that. yeah sure Steve I, I think it's important what he just said is that uh, at least on getting like money yeah. um, to um, things is that uh, I want to be sure that I don't waste my money and I'll be sure that this is what God wants me to do Right. or this person is on a bum and right, right, right. going to buy booze or something and, uh, and I believe that uh, uh, you know I don't pray about how I spend my money on myself Right. And no, I go get what I want, what I want. But when it comes down to my resources, I want to be sure that this is what God wants me to do. And I think God's call to us is to take the action because we will receive the benefit of that, whether or not it's well, you know, well received or. Yeah. Take action. Yeah. It's a really good word, Steve. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Mike? To piggyback, uh, the loving God is the, is the up and down, the vertical, and, and that's why we serve others. It's not fully for our benefit or to benefit others, but it honors him and brings him glory and it pleases him. And when, when we are serving him, it just takes on a whole different experience because it may not feel like a benefit in the moment. It may be hard work. It may take extra time. It may take uh, some challenging thoughts and experiences, but it's not about us. But, but we do receive that when we give. Just like two and a half hours on an interstate with uh, 12 homeless guys mm-hmm. is not something that I look forward to, but Ed says he was blessed beyond his imagination. I think, wow, we may not put ourselves out there enough to recognize God's waiting to give us a blessing when we think about him mm-hmm. and not just ourselves. Good stuff. Get outside ourselves, Dave. I think in service that the prophet is in obedience, not in success. Mm. Yes. Obedient, yeah. Obedience and not necessarily success. Thank you.
the follow-up question to this is how do we grow relationally from these service experiences? So uh, most of you know the Tomlinsons and us went on a mission trip to uh, Siberia uh, several years ago. I now know Vicki Tomlinson does not like big mos Siberian mosquitoes. Like, that's just not something that she's affectionate about. You know, there's things that we learn about each other that's incredible as we grow together as a body when we serve together. I can tell you some things about Wayne too, but I won't because he's here. Though, no, just an incredible, an incredible experience. What else? Learn that a lot closer by going to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it's a valid point. It wouldn't be Siberian mosquitoes, though. <laughs> what else? What other things do we learn from each? You know, relationally. How do we grow relationally from these service experiences? Um, in California, we had a, a you know, caring kitchen every Tuesday night. We opened the building to homeless people and fed them and plugged them and things. And one of the best experiences was to bring somebody alongside of us to help serve who we are doing a good work, but it wasn't, we weren't as big an influence on the people who come as we were on the person that we brought with us to help serve. Mm -hmm. um, we grew together and that person just really grew and became um, closer to God. Even we could even we would bring people who never went to church or never did anything, but were civic-minded, and they would come and help out with this thing. So you can grow relationally by just by including somebody else in what you're doing. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Good word. Something that so it kind of hits on two points, and what is. Do you have a spiritual gift? And some years ago, my wife and I saw a little note in our bulletin about uh, Kurdish people who moved to Nashville. And they wanted people just to help them learn English. We thought, yeah, we speak English. <laughs> so we started meeting with them and teaching them first English, and we wrestled that to having them become citizens in this country, which if you've never been to a citizenship ceremony, I probably recommend that. It's really gives you all the feeling about being a U.S. citizen. And I could talk about them a long time, but that was 14 years ago. We're still meeting with them every Wednesday afternoon. And they're Muslims. And our understanding of what it's like to be a Muslim and the whole thing that goes on in our country now has really changed from just interacting with somebody who's different from us. And it could be from African-American community just this whole idea about, you know, how we go on relations. And now we know what Muslims are like, and we have a very good understanding about them, and that's been incredibly beneficial to us. That's great. Just get kind of out of your comfort zone, thinking about how you might be able to use your gifts to serve. Um, so, as we think about growing, some, some, a couple of key questions here. Where are you serving and why? Why do we serve? Do we feel gifted? We like it, combination of the both, uh, both. Think about uh, where are you serving and why, and what keeps you engaged in that ministry? Like if you've been involved in a ministry for many years, why have you stayed engaged in that ministry? And then one other thing, about, thing to think about is dream. What kind of ministry would you love to see OC embrace in the future? This is really important right now as we think about our vision as a church. 
we retreated this week as Shep week weekend as shepherds for a couple of uh, sessions. We did Friday night and Saturday morning over at Lipscomb, and we didn't do so much dreaming yet. We we as you guys know, we're at the in, in year three at the end of year three of our three year vision, um, and we talked a lot about what do we want Otter Creek to look like going forward. And we all know we've got this debt that's going to be paid off hopefully in the next year to 18 months which frees up some operating expense for us annually that we can allocate towards ministry. What does that look like? We need you to dream with us. What ministries could we start? What ministries can we expand? Being debt-free is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So what can we do that we are gifted in terms of thinking about Outer Creek and our community and the kingdom uh, in the future. So any thoughts on this slide? Where are you serving? Why? What keeps you engaged in ministry? Dreaming? There's a lot on here to think about. we got about three minutes, three or four minutes. I've done a lot of talking, but what Lucian said, you know, that he speaks English and he can do that. I think that's one of the things, not so much in just me doing, coming up with something new. There's just so many good things, and there's so many things that well, I can do that. So just coming alongside somebody who's actually doing it. Wait, like Exile International. Mm. I don't go to the Congo and, right. and to Uganda, I, but Bethany and Matthew do, and I can help with that, and I want to when I hear their stories. I mean, wow, I can't believe mm -hmm. what's going on there, but I can help with that. Same mm. with Mitz. Right. I'm just touched by what's going on, and I love what's coming out of that, and I can support that. And, and then I have a Chinese student. Mm. She has never read the Bible before, or hadn't. We, we've been meeting two years now. And, and she wants to learn English through the Bible. I can do that. She wants a one-on-one. -on -one. I can read the Bible <laughs> I mean, there, there are just things that yeah. I didn't have to start, but right. that are going on. That, that are going on that you can engage and with. I'm passionate about it. Somebody else set that up. We would never know that you're passionate about that, darling. <laughs> That's awesome. So much energy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, here's the practical takeaway for us this week. Uh, practical steps for finding your place at Outer Creek and ways to serve. Uh, take our spiritual gift inventory quiz on Get Involved. It's on the webpage, right? OtterCreek.org. Get Involved. Um, indicate where you'd like to serve. And then next Sunday... From 8.30 to 12.15 in the gathering room, Dwayne has put together, Dwayne and Eric have put together this Seek First event. And that's the handout that you have, that you, some of you in the back haven't got yet, you will, that um, will have different tables for ministries that you might like to get involved with. Okay? So I would ask everybody this week to pray about that, about where if you're not involved, God is, has gifted you and is... Um, you know, where you might feel compelled to get involved. We need as many folks as we can. I Mike. might add, uh, the MCC, which is short for Ministry Coordinating Committee, it's one of our leadership groups, kind of like our deacons group, is really leading the, the uh, seat first, and uh, Eric and uh, Dwayne are kind of our ministry uh, staff leaders. But it's a great way for you to see what they're involved in because they're our ministry coordinators. So just an another opportunity to gain better understanding about those people. Thank you for that clarification, Mike. The MCC um, 
will be helping with that, obviously guiding it. So, uh, so that, that concludes three weeks of uh, shepherd teaching regarding belonging. So I hope that you found it uh, beneficial. Um, let me pray and we'll be, we'll be done. Lord, you um, are so good to us. You have given us talents and gifts that, um, that only each individual in this room has. And I pray that we would seek your wisdom and your, your clarification and just that you would guide our lives as we look to serve you, Father. Help us this week to look for ways that we can use our gifts to serve others and that your mercy and joy and peace would flow through us to others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your grace. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.